You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Advances in Women's Health, sponsored in part by Eli Lilly. Your host is Dr. Lisa Mazzullo, Assistant Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Northwestern University Medical School, the Feinberg School of Medicine. What was the greatest impact on women to increase the risk of breast cancer? Is it genetics, ethnicity, environmental factors, or are there other issues? To clarify the possible risk for our female patients of getting breast cancer and the current research being done to answer these questions, we're speaking today to Dr. Dale Sandler, the director of the National Institute of Environmental Health Science in Research Triangle Park, North Carolina. Today we're discussing the sister study. Dr. Sandler is the chief investigator of the study and that's following women ages 35 to 74 if their sisters living or deceased related to them by blood had had breast cancer. Welcome Dr. Dale. Thank you. Why do you think the incidence of breast cancer has really risen in the last 20 years? Certainly there's been a lot of speculation that it's risen because of environment. That would have to include a broadly defined environment, which is you know changes in lifestyle, women getting fatter, exercising less, changing reproductive patterns, you know having their children later, and so on. There's still concern, but hasn't been the kind of research that we'd like to see that some of it might be due to trends in the kinds of exposures to environmental factors that have increased over time. It's interesting that in just the last year or two, there's been a decrease finally after an upward slope for many years. And some people say that's related to the reduction in hormone replacement therapy use. Do you believe that's true? I think that, you know, there are studies that you can point to that suggest that that did have an impact. But interestingly, the decline actually started to occur before the results of the Women's Health Initiative were fully publicized. And so there are people who suggest that it might be something else as well. I think, you know, one possibility is also changes in screening. And so if we had a lot of screening that increased the risk that that extra large amount of breast cancer that was detected early may be dwindling. And so it's complicated. (laughs) That's an understatement, I think. Well, and I think it's some of that complication that led you to want to start the sister study. The sister study, you know, came from the concern that breast cancer rates were going up and that the changes in lifestyle and reproductive factors couldn't fully explain that. And I think that women in general, women with breast cancer, women who knew people with breast cancer, had done a lot of lobbying to get more attention paid in terms of federally funded research to this question, and that piqued our interest. So what exactly is the sister study about? Well, the sister study is simply about trying to identify those environmental factors that might be related to breast cancer risk and trying to understand the impact of underlying genetic susceptibility. So we think that breast cancer is related to genes and environment, and we wanted to create a resource from which we could address some of these hypotheses about how genes and environment work together. Who is eligible for your study? Women who are between the ages of 35 and 74 and have a sister who's been diagnosed with breast cancer are eligible to join the study if they live in the United States or Puerto Rico and they haven't had breast cancer themselves. And I understand recently you've changed some of the eligibility criteria to diversify the groups of people within the study? That's true. We've had tremendous success in recruiting women. When we started the study, I had no idea that we would do so well and so quickly, although it sounds like a long time. We've been doing this since the fall of 2004. 
but the cohort that we've enrolled so far could be a little bit more diverse to better represent all women in the United States. And so in our last year of enrollment, we want to focus on women who typically don't sign up for research studies, so women of color, women with a high school education or less, and older women. These are groups that are typically harder to recruit for volunteer studies. Why do you think that's the case? Well, I think each group has its own reasons. I think studies like this require a fair amount of sophistication and time. You need to be able to have somebody visit in your home and you need to participate in a questionnaire. And many women have found out about us through the internet. And so if you're not connected to the healthcare system or to the internet, the women might not hear about us. Older women tend to not want to do studies because they've been there, done that. You know, it's somebody else's turn. And so we do have an active partnership with the AARP, and we are enrolling women over the age of 65, which is novel. And, of course, the Women's Health Initiative also enrolled women who were over the age of 65. So it can be done. It just takes a little bit more direct appeal and and work on our behalf to make the study acceptable and well-known. Are you concerned at all that enrolling many postmenopausal women, particularly people over 65, will skew your results as the aging patient has a more a higher risk of breast cancer in general? No. I think it's important that we enroll women over the age of 65 because, frankly, that's really who gets breast cancer. What we read about in the news is young women with breast cancer because it's unusual and it's, you know, and it's bad and it's yeah. frightening. but. Breast cancer is actually a disease of aging, like most cancers, and it's important that we include older women so that we can understand what are those factors that contribute to breast cancer in older women. How long are you planning to follow these women in the study? Well, our initial commitment is to follow women for at least 10 years. So women who've joined the study now will be followed for 10 years, and women who joined in the earlier years may um, be able to be included a little bit longer as we get everybody through 10 years. I hope that we will have success with the study and learn important things about how to prevent breast cancer and be able to continue longer. I think studies like this become more valuable over time. The longer they are, I absolutely agree. If you've just joined us, welcome to Advances in Women's Health on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lisa Mazzullo, and we were speaking to Dr. Dale Sandler, the principal investigator for the sister study, a prospective study of 50,000 women who have sisters with breast cancer, examining the factors that can influence their personal risk for the same breast cancer. Dr. Sandler, you know, it's interesting. We were just talking about ethnicity and how we need to diversify the studies so that we have an absolutely wonderful collection for the entire American population. And I think I want to talk about that a little more because, you know, there are previous studies that have talked about black women are more likely to die from their breast cancer than any other ethnic group. And so I was wondering if you wanted to speak to that at all as you're including people of all ethnicities in your study. Well, I think that it's very important that we begin to focus on breast cancer in specific, you know, ethnic groups. The question of why African-American women are more likely to die of breast cancer when diagnosed and why when they do develop breast cancer, they're more likely to develop breast cancers that are aggressive uh, needs to be addressed. I think what also needs to be understood is that what we currently know about breast cancer, the well-known risk factors like, you know, exercise and weight gain after menopause for women who are postmenopausal, 
reproductive history, most of that information comes from studies of, you know, middle-class white women. And so the predictive models that doctors have as tools for estimating a woman's risk for breast cancer, for example, the Gale model, may tend to underestimate the risk or not fully explain the risk for African-American women or women from other ethnicities. And so it's important that we have data on diverse groups of women. Do you think that there is also not only the medical piece of that, but the socioeconomic piece of it, where people may not have health care, may have delay in diagnosis or delay in surveillance? I think that in terms of the mortality, the higher mortality for some subgroups of the population, I think that that does play a role. But research has shown that that's not the only thing that's going on. And so if you have two groups of women with equal access, the African-American women still will be more likely to get the more aggressive cell types of breast cancer. And we, we need to understand why. You know, in women who have Ashkenazi Jewish and often Caucasian background, the BRCA1 and 2 testing is often very commonly recommended to family members who fit that Gale model you were talking about. Do you think there's any benefit in that genetic testing in other ethnic populations? Well, genetic testing is complicated and it's expensive. And I think that just having a family member with breast cancer does not necessarily suggest that you are at increased genetic risk for breast cancer, you know, to have one of these known breast cancer genes. There may, in fact, be other genes that are out there that are more common in, you know, multi-cancer families in other groups that haven't yet been identified. And so I think eventually all women will benefit from some sort of genetic screening. I don't think we're there yet. And the decision to be tested for the BRCA1 and 2 is one that has to be weighed carefully between a woman and her doctor. As the listeners of this program are usually medical professionals, if our physicians wanted to refer patients to you or to the study, what would you recommend they do? They could either contact me directly or the most efficient way is to send women to our website. It's www.sisterstudy.org. There's a lot of information about the study on the website. There's also information that physicians can download for their own purpose for a summary of the study and information on how to obtain brochures if they would like to help us out by leaving brochures in their office waiting room. Thanks again to Dr. Dale Sandler, who's been our guest, and we've been discussing her sister study. Call us toll-free with your comments and suggestions at 888-MD-XM-157. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Advances in Women's Health, sponsored in part by Eli Lilly, with your host, Dr. Lisa Mazzullo. For more details on the interviews and conversations in this week's show, or to download the segment, please go to reachmd.com forward slash women's health. Breast cancer. Those are two words your patients don't want to hear and news that you don't want to deliver. Unfortunately for one in eight American women, it's a truth they'll have to face in their lifetime. And the risks are clear. Besides being female, the two major risk factors for developing breast cancer are advancing age and family history. In fact, about 80% of women diagnosed with invasive breast cancer are age 50 and older. And while family history of the disease is an important risk factor, up to 80% of women diagnosed with breast cancer don't have one. Unfortunately, many women still have misperceptions about who is at risk. They think, I don't have a family history of breast cancer, so I don't need to worry. My mom had breast cancer. 
but I'm only 43. The good news is that with early detection, we can try to reduce the risk of breast cancer mortality. Through awareness and education, we hope to improve patients' willingness to be screened for breast cancer. To help in this effort, Lilly has created the Strength in Knowing Breast Cancer Awareness Program and website. It's designed to educate women about their individual risks and provide a means for them to share this knowledge with others. At strengthinknowing.com, women can hear from professionals as they discuss the importance of knowing the risks of breast cancer, find out about events they can attend in their city, and help spread the message. The resources may also be helpful to you and your practice. There is strength in knowing about the risks of breast cancer. So spread the word today. Visit strengthinknowing.com and tell your patients to visit too. I didn't realize I was at risk until I visited. I told my sister, my mother, and my aunt. This program is sponsored by Eli Lilly and Company. Answers that matter.